Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter number 13. And I, I started last Wednesday night preaching on decisions. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I'm praying that God will help me tonight uh, preach on it again and, and, and for some time to come. Uh, because you're going to, one thing, if I know one thing for certain, you're going to face decisions. They're coming, they're coming today, they're coming tonight, they're coming right now. As a matter of fact, this message, this sermon will leave you with decisions. Uh, This preaching will leave you with decisions. You're going to make a decision with what you're going to do with before you ever walk out of these doors and Maybe tonight some of you have already made your decision. Uh, I don't know. Uh, But there are decisions in your life and they all have a consequence or an effect. No matter how young you are or how old you are, the decisions have an effect on your life. I heard of a a man I know or I knew... uh, and uh, I found this out this afternoon, 71 years old, uh, preached most of his adult life, 71 years old, uh, said, uh, I've lived for God my whole life. I'm going to take what's left and live for me. Went out into sin and died. Found out two weeks after he made that decision, he had pancreatic cancer and died. 71 years old, I'm going to live my whole life, or I've lived my whole life for God. I'm going to live for me with what's left. Didn't know he only had two weeks left. Uh, It don't matter what your age is tonight, you're going to make decisions that are going to affect you. I, I want you to look with me tonight, Genesis chapter 13. And I desire you to pray that God will help me preach and that he'll stir up in our hearts the preaching of the word of God. Let's stand for a moment. Genesis chapter 13 verse 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had and Lot went with him. Or Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel under the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, and to the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Lot, or Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. Thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. 
Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. We'll stop reading there tonight. Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight. God, we appreciate, we thank you, Lord. We praise you for the sweet spirit of God, Lord, in the house of God tonight. Thank you for every song that's been sung, for every testimony that's been given, and now for every verse of Scripture that's been read. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would touch the preaching of the Word of God. I pray, God, that you would breathe in a mighty fashion tonight. I pray, God, that you would stir in our hearts that we might be what you'd have us to be. Help us, God. Lord God, I ask you to help me. I need your help. I need your touch. I need your strength tonight. God, I'll love you and I'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All God's people said, amen. You can be seated tonight. <clears throat> I want to preach for a little bit this evening on decisions that define. Decisions that define. You remember last week I preached on decisions that determine. There were decisions in the life of those around uh, uh, Moses even before he was born that determined <clears throat> uh, the direction, at least in the beginning of his life, uh, uh, in the life of Moses. Uh, thank God for the decisions uh, that were made before I got here that helped shape and mold my life into who I am today. Amen. And uh, I do not take credit, nor can you, uh, for what God did in your life because God was moving men and women and individuals working on your behalf to get you to a place where he could do a great work in your life. We know that in Moses' life there were decisions that determined maybe not the entirety of Moses' life, but the beginning days they set him in the right direction. Somebody ought to thank God tonight that somebody in your world knew Jesus. Somebody ought to thank God tonight that somebody in your world rode down the road with you in a truck on the way back from a hunting club and said, Son, are you saved? Amen. I'm glad, thank God tonight, there was some folks in my life that knew what kind of questions to ask me. Amen. You said, my mom and daddy, I didn't know what they were doing, but thank God there was somebody in your life taking you to church. Amen. And uh, thank God for decisions that determine. I uh, am what I am by the grace of God, but somebody made some decisions to know Jesus. Somebody made some decisions in their life that before I ever got here was working in my life that I might know the Lord Jesus myself. Amen. I bless the Lord for that tonight. But I want to preach tonight, maybe for a few Wednesday nights, on decisions that define. Decisions that define who you are and who you're going to be. Uh, there's several characters that I could look at, and I may, uh, over the next few Wednesday nights, look at these 
uh, in the Word of God. But tonight we've uh, chosen, the Holy Spirit has chosen uh, this fellow by the name of Lot and the decisions that defined uh, Lot's life. I thought today, the Lord gave me the thought uh, that the decisions you make are making you. The decisions that you are making are making you who you are and who you're going to be. Uh, if you were a word, you ever looked up the definition of the word in the dictionary? And uh, I can't tell you the last time I looked up anything in a dictionary because there's an app for that now. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, I can't tell you the last time I flipped through pages to find the definition of the word. I know some of you old timers still do, uh, but the rest of us, we uh, got an app for that. But if you were to look up on your smartphone, your iPad, or in your dictionary, the de- definition of a word, you will find a series of words that follow that word, and that is what defines it. If you were a word, what would be the series of words that would follow you to define you? I'll tell you what they would be. They would be the decisions that you are making in your life. That is what defines you. Uh, You are not who you wanted to be. You are not who you thought you would be. You are not who you're going to be. But you are who you have chose to be by the decisions that you've made. I know we've all got dreams of who we want to be. I know we've all got thoughts of who we'd like to be. I know we've all got visions of how we view ourselves. And if the truth be told... Most of the time, it's better than probably what it really ought to be. But the truth is that who you are is who you have chosen to be. I don't know about you tonight, but I want my life to be defined with the right kind of words, with the right kinds of decisions, with the right kinds of outcomes. But not always has my life been defined in the right kind of way. And it is the decisions in your life that are defining who you are. It is the decisions in your life that are making you the man or the woman that you are today. It is the decisions in your life that have made you the man or the woman that you are today. It is the decisions in your life that will take you to the place wherever it is that you're going uh, when your life turns out how it's going to turn out. It is the decisions in your life uh, that will determine uh, your heaven or your hell. Thank God that's one decision and that one decision is uh, to accept or to reject the Lord Jesus. Anybody in here glad you got that one right? Anybody in here glad for the day that you got that one nailed down? Uh, I I may not know what all my decisions are going to be like but I'm glad, thank God, I got one, if only one right, and that was I trusted Jesus as my Savior, and He made me a Christian. But the decisions of your life tonight are defining you. And every character in your Bible, you can view their decisions, and you can see what it made them to be. When we view Lot, 
in the Bible. The Bible doesn't give us much of a definition of who Lot is, but we do know a few things. We know uh, the Bible defines his retreat. We know in Genesis uh, chapter number 12 that God called Abraham to come out of the land of Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and his father Terah and his son's son, which is Lot, Abram's wife, and uh, their herds came out of the land of Ur the Chaldees, and we know that Lot went with them. We're talking about decisions that define, and when we begin to see Lot, he is defined by his decision to retreat out of Ur the Chaldees and go with Abraham. Now listen, I don't know what caused Lot to go with Abraham. It may have been greed, I don't know. But I know what caused Abraham to go, and it wasn't greed, it was God. I know I don't know what caused Lot to go, but I know what caused Abraham to go. It was God, because God said, Abram, get thee out of the, thy country and from thy kindred and out of the land of her, the Chaldees. And Abram packed up his bags, and he left his homeland of plenty. Ur the Chaldees wasn't a land of poverty, it was a land of plenty. Ur the Chaldees wasn't a land of down and out, it was a land of pleasure. If you want to be somebody, you'd go to Ur the Chaldees to do it. And Abraham left and Lot went with him. Whether his decision was for self or whether it was for God, I don't know. But I do know that the Bible defines him as a man willing to go and to leave and to, uh, to surrender uh, what he has to go in a new direction. And so we see uh, the Bible defines Lot uh, as him retreating. And then the Bible defines his relationship. We know uh, his relations. We know that is uh, Abraham's uh, uh, nephew. His, Abraham's brother Haran had a son, named him Lot. Haran died and Lot joined up with Abraham. And by his relations, he is defined. You could say, uh, if you were doing a study on Lot, now who is Lot? And it would be said, well, he is the boy that is the nephew to Abraham, uh, uh, the man of God. Uh, and he has left Ur of the Chaldees to go with Abraham. And these are decisions that he is making that are defining and making him who he is. Uh, thank God tonight for godly relationships. Thank God tonight for godly friends. Thank God tonight for godly parents. Thank God they will mold and help make and define who you are up unto a point. I view him in his riches. He's defined by his riches. In chapter 13, uh, Abraham and Lot are dwelling in the same land and they've got too much stuff for both of them to dwell together. And when you talk about Lot in chapter 12 and chapter 13, if you want to say anything about him, all you can say is what the Bible has said about him. And is he is a man that has left Ur of the Chaldees. He is a man that is kin to Abraham. He is a man that is rich with much substance and goods. And that is the definition up until chapter, the end of chapter 13 of this fella by the name of Lot. Now listen, it don't sound like a bad definition. Somebody would say, well, he's living a pretty good life. Wouldn't you agree? 
I mean, wouldn't you like to say, well, I'd be willing to leave all to go with God, and we make her say that about Lot. And wouldn't you like for it to be able to be said, uh, I've got a godly family, and we can say that about Lot. Wouldn't you like for it to be able to be said about you, God has richly blessed me uh, both spiritually and physically and emotionally, and I've got everything that I've ever dreamed of, uh, and we could say that about Lot. And if the story on Lot ended in chapter 13. My, what a brief story it would be, at least in our comprehension. But what a wonderful story that the young man whose father died left with his uncle Abraham and God blessed him bountifully and he died and that was the end of his story. And we'd say stuff like, I don't have to be an Abraham God, just make me a lot. God, I don't have to, I don't have to, I mean, if you want me to be an Abraham, I will but God if you if you don't I'd be settled or I'd be just as content to be a lot but those decisions are not at the end what defines lot none of those things I just mentioned is what you remember lot for none of the stuff I just said uh, you say preacher I ain't never heard about lot's riches because nobody talks about it I've never heard about Lot's family. Nobody talks about it. I've never heard about Lot leaving the earth of the Chaldees. Nobody talks about it. You say, but I've heard about him living in Sodom. I've heard about him living in sin. I heard about his wife turning to a pillar of salt. I heard about incestuous sin on a mountain in a drunken stupor one night. I heard about that. That's what he is defined as. That's what he is known as. If you looked him up in the spiritual dictionary, that would be the definition in so many words of the life of Lot because it is the decisions in your life that will define who you are and who you will be. Again, I want to say to you, your decisions are defining. The decisions you are making are making you. What you're doing today is making you who you'll be tomorrow. The decisions you make now are stacking up, they're piling up, they're pointing you. Now let me just let me just help you right here in case you get too afraid because we all make bad decisions. Can I get a witness right there? None of us are exempt. You don't have to raise your hand, but if I did, you ought to raise both hands. And when I, if I were to say, how many of you made some bad decisions? And if I get both feet off the ground at the same time, and my, I'd have that raised too. Amen. I have made some bad decisions. Amen. You have made some bad decisions. There are people in your Bible that has made some bad decisions. But I want you to understand that if you don't make nothing, but bad decisions you're not going to have nothing but bad outcome Uh, honey you better quit trying to make bad decisions and learn how to make good decisions because your decisions whether good or bad are defining you as who you are Moses made some bad decisions I'd say it was a bad decision when he killed that Egyptian boy don't you but Moses' life was a life where of repentance of that bad decision. God took him to the backside of the desert and God restored him and God sent him out. And Moses didn't act like that anymore. And because God made a change in his life. And if you could ask Moses, Moses, uh, do you, are you glad you did what you did? I believe he'd say no, but I'm glad it turned out the way that it turned out because it was what God used to change my decision-making ability. 
David made some bad decisions. He made some terrible decisions. But that's not what David is most famous for. It is remembered in his life. It is talked about in his life. But that's not his entire legacy because he made a whole lot of good decisions as well. But listen, Lot made some good decisions. But the end was nothing but bad decisions. Saul made some good decisions. But nobody remembers Saul as a good king. I'm trying to tell you that there are decisions that define your life. They're making you who you are. The decisions your children are making are making them who they are. The decisions your husband is making is making him who he is. The decisions your wife is making is making her who she is. Mom and daddy, help your children make right decisions. Don't stumble and don't stand in their way when they're trying to do right. Church, help God's people make right decisions. Uh, uh, help your friends make right decisions. Help your spouse, somebody ought to help me tonight, make right decisions because those decisions are not only being made by them, but they are making them they are defining them I want to show you tonight some decisions in Lot's life that defined him number one the decision of his priorities defined Lot the decision of his priorities defined him Genesis chapter 13 there is a uh, 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 strife in the camp because Lot has too much, uh, too much stuff and Abraham has too much stuff and they can't all dwell together. So there is a, uh, there is a strife in the camp and Abraham is the spiritual one. Abraham is the man of God. Abraham is uh, the preacher in Lot's life. And here comes preacher Abraham, which is also Uncle Abraham. And uh, here comes Uncle Preacher Abraham to Lot and says, Lot, has strife in the camp. There's problems going on. Lot, what we need to do is we need to separate ourselves. And so here's what I'll tell you. You look as far as you can see and you choose whatever you want. And whatever you choose will be yours, and whatever you don't choose will be mine. And Lot, this is what the Bible said, lifted up his eyes and beheld. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Do you know what Lot's choice should have been? Abraham, I come on this journey with you. Abraham, you're my spiritual advisor and leader. Abraham, not only are you my spiritual advisor and leader, you're my authority. My daddy's dead, you're my uncle. You're my next of kin. My grandpa's dead, my daddy's dead. Abraham, you're the one I'm looking to as my authority. You're my uncle. Not only are you my uncle, you're my preacher. Not only are you my preacher, you're my brother in Christ, in God. Paul, or, 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 Abraham said we'd be brethren. But you know what Lot's decision was? When Abraham gave him the go-ahead, he didn't like, uh, wait a second for Abraham to change his mind. Uh, he said, that's what I was thinking the whole time. And I've done got my mind on what I want. And Abraham lifted, or, or Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld. And Lot never waited on Abraham. Lot took priority over his authority in his life. He didn't give Abraham a chance to choose what he wanted. You know what he was doing uh, 
I want you to hear what I'm about to say because it don't matter if you're 9 or 99. Uh, what he was doing uh, is that he was making a decision of who would have priority in his life. And you know who it was? It wasn't God. It wasn't Abraham. Uh, it was uh, number one. It was Lot. Lot said, I'm who I'm concerned about. And if you give me half a chance, I'm going to choose half a side of Texas over here. And it's going to be mine. You can have whatever you want. I've done spotted me off a section. I've done picked it out. I have made my plans. My life has been drawn up. And I know where I want to go. I know what I want to be. And he never asked Abraham. And he never asked God. He did what he wanted to do. Boys, Lot's problem was not that God, that Abraham and him were fighting. Lot's problem is that Lot wanted what Lot wanted and Lot chose what he wanted over what God or Abraham wanted. Are you hearing me tonight? His decision of his priority begins to define him in a negative light. The decision of who's number one in Lot's life begins to define the direction of Lot's life. And I promise you tonight, whoever is number one in your life is defining who you're going to be. Are you? If you're number one tonight, it's going to define how you're going to turn out. If you put yourself above God and the church and the authority, whether it be of your parents or of your boss or of your law or of your Bible, you are determined where you are headed and it isn't a good place it's trouble he said chapter 13 a lot lifted up his eyes and I looked at them chapter 13 and verse 14 the Bible said and the Lord said unto Abram after that lot was separated from him lift up now thine eyes you know what Abraham was over there doing look right here it's what he's doing and God said, Abram, lift up now thine eyes. And Abram lifted up his eyes. And God said, now, I, that's what, I knew Lot was going to choose that because he's selfish and he's his number one priority. But this is what I got picked out for you, Abraham. Thank you for waiting on me. Abraham was waiting on God. Lot was not willing to wait on Abraham. And Lot was not willing to wait on God. As a matter of fact, if you're not willing to wait on Abraham, you'll never be willing to wait on God. If you can't come under authority of your church, if you can't come under the authority of your parents, if you can't come under the authority of your boss, if you can't come under the authority of a pastor, if you can't come under the authority of the law, you'll never come under the authority of God. That's why mom and daddy teach them authority. That's why I stand behind the authority in their life. Every man, woman, boy and girl needs authority in their life. And Lot's problem is he had no authority anymore. He said, I will choose. And Lot chose. And he is deciding the definition of his life. I don't know that I'll be able to get all the way through this, but I'm going to try as far as I can get tonight. If you'll help me, I hope, I hope I'm not boring you to death. I hope you're getting help. I hope you're listening. I want you to understand that there are decisions that define who you are and who you're going to be. And one of those decisions is who is the priority in your life? Who is number one in your existence?
existence? Who has your devotion? Who has your attention? Who has your appreciation? Who has your worship? If it's not, if it's anybody or anything but God, your priorities are out of order. If you can't come under God's authoritative hand, your priorities are out of order and you are defining who you're going to be. There's the decision of his priority. You know what he said? Well, I've got to take care of number one. You ever heard anybody say that? Well, I just won't be happy. Sounds like that 71-year-old preacher. I've lived my life 71 years for God. I want to do it for me now. And what he don't realize is the life he was living is because God let him live it. I want to do what I want to do. You better be careful. That decision will define who you become. I watch some of y'all make decisions and I go home and I tell my wife, whether good or bad, that decision is making them into somebody new, whether that new person is bad or good for them to be. Hey, some of you, some of you young men, some of you young ladies, some of you children, some of you mamas and daddies, I watch as you make decisions and I shout glory to God. That decision is making them a new person. That decision is taking them in a new direction. That decision is changing their life. And isn't it amazing? With one right decision comes another right decision and with another right decision comes another. And when you begin to make right decisions, they all fall in line and they become easier to make right decisions and more right decisions. And before you know it, you've made a pie of right decisions has taken you into a new world into a new place in your life with God but it's the same on the other hand one wrong decision leads to another wrong decision that leads to another wrong decision and before you know it you're somewhere drowning in the sea of sin and life and you don't know how you got there I tell you how it is when you decided what your priorities would be you begin to define who you're going to be I, listen, some of you don't want to be who you are defined as. And you can argue it. And, and that's the hour we're living in. Nobody wants to be honest. Nobody wants to say, I am a drunkard. And so they come up with the disease of alcoholism. You know what that is? It's a nice way of the Bible word, drunkard. And I do believe that there are mental holds that it takes on you. I'm not making light of the situation. I believe it's powerful. I believe it is a mental and I believe it is a physical. I believe it takes hold of your body. And I believe as much as a man wants to fight it, it becomes something hard for him to fight. But listen, there ain't no point just because it's a problem that somebody has in weakening down what it's called and what it is. It is a sin. Somebody says it's a disease. It's a, it's a disease that is a, a sin. It is. Somebody said it's a... And listen, you take this. Please don't take this the wrong way. My daddy struggled with it my whole life. My family struggled with it. My great-grandpa struggled with it. My grandpa struggled with it. I struggled with it as a teenager and the, and the desire for it and the lust for it. But honey, I'm going to tell you something. I never heard nobody call leprosy a sin. Never heard nobody call cancer a sin. That's a disease. Those are decisions that somebody made. And as they pile decisions, 
decision upon decision upon decision. Their decision took over their life and began to define who they are. These decisions are defining. So it'd be easy to say, well, I have a disease of this or a disease of that or I've got this or I've got that. And some of the things may be true. You got this or you got that or you got the other. But the truth of the matter is somebody needs to get honest and say it's sin and I've got sin and I need to get help over sin and sin is my problem. And sin, it's adultery, it's fornication, it's uh, it's idolatry, it's thief, it's it's theft or, or whatever it may be. It's drunkenness, whatever it may be, it's sin. But oh, Lord, it was all about Lot. He was his priority and he wasn't going to call nothing he was doing wrong. Are y'all all right? Am I helping anybody or am I boring everybody? It is defined by his priorities. Not only that, but it is defined by his persistence, his life. Who he is, who he becomes is defined by his persistence. Chapter 14, I ain't got time to study it with you tonight, but you can go home and study it yourself. Chapter 14 of Genesis, there is a war takes place against Sodom. Kings of the nations come around and they, they steal the goods of Sodom. And along with that, a lot of what belongs to Lot because he's in Sodom. And here comes Abraham, he hears about it. Abraham, listen to what I'm about to tell you goes down into the land where they've taken everything that belongs to Lot. He rescues Lot's family. He rescues Lot. And he rescues Lot's belongings. He goes and gets it all out and rescues it. And you think that somebody that went down into a wicked land, Genesis chapter 13 said they were wicked sinners exceedingly. You think by the time he got down there, war was fought, he lost it all, and here comes God's man, gets him out of it, rescues him, helps him, puts him back on his feet, restores his family. You think uh, that Lot would say, you know what, Abraham, I think I'm just going to hang out with you from here on out. You know what, Abraham, I'm just going to go back uh, to living with God. I'm going to go back to where there's altars. I'm going to go back to where things are right. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you for rescuing me. I don't want to go back. Genesis 19, Lot's right back down there and been down there for some time. As a matter of fact, when, Lot, when Abraham got him out, I don't think he ever left Sodom. I think Abraham got him out and he went right back into Sodom. You hear what I'm about to say? The decisions that you make to be persistent in your sin are the decisions that's going to define you as to who you are. Hey, some folks, if they could be as persistent in living for God as they are in living for themselves and in their sin, they could really get somewhere. Listen, I'm, I'm hurrying. Lot was rescued. Lot was miraculously, wondrously, hand of God Rescue. God got Lot out of Sodom by the hand of Abraham. Lot was rescued. Lot's family was rescued. I believe there was a shouting spell went on in Lot's life because Lot was a saved man. The New Testament said God delivered the just. He was a just man. He was a saved man. I believe God got Lot out. 
And Lot was the same man. Honey, don't you hear me tonight? He went right back his sin. There's some of you in here tonight, God saved you and you're going right back to your sin. And you're going to go to heaven because you're saved, but your life is going to be defined as a life of sin because that's what you're persistent to. That's what you choose more than anything in this world is your sin. If you had the choice, choose God or your sin, you're going to choose your sin. Lot's persistence defined who he was. Lot's position defined who he was. Genesis 19, he's sitting at the gate. He's got a position. He's become somebody. Lot has landed recognition. People <coughs> has made him a politician sitting at the gate. That's what he wanted the whole time. I'm going to tell you something, Brother Jeffrey. What he wanted was to have something and to be something and to do what he wanted. Be number one. And he began to define who he was going to be. But let me tell you where that takes you. God brought judgment in there. Nobody believed him. Nobody listened to him. There's nothing different in Lot than them. You know, I know why some of your family won't listen to you because there's nothing different in you than them. You want to know why it took you five years just to begin to win your family, Jeff? Because they had to see that there's something different in you than was in them. What's your definition? What's defining you? When you think about Lot, what do you think about? Sodom, Gomorrah, judgment, life turned to a pillar of salt. <clears throat> when you think about Lot, you think about his daughters, incestuous sin with him on the night they got him drunk. You think about Lot, you think about all he could have been or would have been, or do you think about what he turned out to be? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a warning tonight. makes no difference right now who you are right now if you're making decisions that are not who you're wanting to be. If you tell me, preacher, I want to live for God, but your decisions don't line up with that, you're not going to live for God. You're going to be what you're deciding, what your decisions are making you to be. And then so we don't get judgmental, don't get self-righteous. You just remember that you're one real bad day and one real dark decision in a weak moment from wrecking your testimony and you better stay on your face before God and humble in your spirit. Because when I see a man fall, 70-year-old preacher fall, I don't say, well, if he'd have done this, this, I say, oh God, don't let that be me when I'm an old man. I don't say, oh, if he'd have done this. I say, oh, that could be me now or then. But it won't be if you'll make decisions that define who you want to be as a Christian. Every decision you make is adding to your reputation, your testimony, your life. Them little ones, come on to the piano. Them little ones.
that you think don't matter, they do. Because they add up. Pile up. Let me ask you a question tonight. This is just you and the Lord. If your friends were to be asked, who is so and so? How would they answer that? Your co-workers were to ask, who, who, who are they? How would they respond? If your children were to be asked, who's your daddy? Tell us about him. What would they say? If they were to ask, who's your mother? Tell us about her. What would their answer be? If your spouse were to be asked, tell us about your husband. Tell us about your wife. How would they answer? If your classmates, what would be their answer? That's who you are. Who you are tonight is not who you're wanting to be. Who you are tonight is not who you've got people thinking you are. Who you are tonight is whoever, whatever decisions you're making. That's where you're headed. I say that as a help and as a warning. There are decisions that define. And there's some good ones. Thank God David decided I'm going to kill that giant. And he was defined as a giant killer. But there's also some bad days in that definition. And oh, I'm sick of bad days. Anybody else in here sick of bad days? Bad, bad thoughts toward you. And listen, everybody in that kingdom may have looked over that. But I promise you. What was that boy's name? Uriah? Uzziah? Uriah? Guarantee Uriah's family never thought well of David. I want us to stand tonight. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed.